Welcome into the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network in the Full Tilt Devi Podcast. And I'm not hidden behind a wall today. I actually get to take part in it. And uh, now for the main guys, uh, John Arrington, Andy Starr. How y'all doing today? Awesome, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for jump, jumping on with us this time. Actually showing your face for once. You know, quit being scared behind the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give the people what they want. Right, exactly. How are you doing, Andy? Good over here, Andy, at A Star FF. Uh, we had to miss last week because Hurricane Ian was ravaging um, my friend John over there, but good to have you back. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it wasn't much of a ravaging. I just uh, was very, like, very curious if I was going to have uh, power and all that kind of stuff. And right. we kind of, we, we talked about uh, postponing and then the power ended up being fine. And I'm like, well, it's too late now. Like, we already talked about postponing and, and we just said, screw it. We'll push it back a week, but it actually worked out pretty well because I don't know about you guys, but we got a lot of good information, a lot of good football. Um, and I feel like a thousand times better about my rankings after just one extra week than I did even, you know, after week four, I don't know about you guys. My, my running back rankings for sure like I feel like they're solidified at the top now See, but I we'll just, get into that yeah <laughs> I just know players to look for now uh, I'm not an uneducated fan watching college <laughs> football on Saturdays whenever I only pay attention to the SEC you know the Pac-12 kind of exists now uh, ACC I guess it's a conference and the Big Ten I just refuse to acknowledge it until uh, ever because Ohio State keeps stealing players out of the state of Tennessee so yeah, having a lot of fun. It, it was it was a lot of fun, but we have a, a few quick uh, news and note items before we get into the the crux of the show, and that is going to be we're going to do a 2023 way too early rookie mock draft. <laughs> Uh, I th we figured it was it was probably time to go ahead and, and do something like that. Like I said, I feel a lot more confident about my rankings even just after one more week. Things are still going to change. I actually hope that things change. You know, there's there's some players that that I really like that aren't doing as well, and vice versa. So, um, not I don't think that there's going to be like insane changes though. I feel like we have a pretty good idea of, of what's happening right now. Um, so that's why we wanted to go ahead and dive in and do this tonight. And, you know, maybe get some names on your radar so that you guys know, you know, who to be thinking about when it gets a little closer to, uh, you know, to be uh, actually, you know, I've seen a lot of people go into full rebuild this week in their dynasty leagues. And so it's a good time to actually start thinking about who am I actually going to draft with these picks that I'm trading for? <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely sure. one of the people who are going into full rebuilds. 0-4 uh, starts are really tough to Oof. come back from. Yeesh. Don't say it yeah. out loud. <laughs> I, I didn't I even know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, I'm, I'm being told here uh, that, that Andy is 101. Uh, but, first we'll, but first, we'll go ahead and get in the news and notes. Uh, we, we had some injuries. Uh, Bryce Young with a shoulder injury. Uh, did not look very good. It did not look very promising, but I guess we have some promising news coming out that it's more of like a day-to-day -day thing. Uh, when he first landed on that shoulder, the way that he fell and, and with the arm out and everything, it, it looked like there could be some, some tearing and, and possibly some surgeries and, and things of that nature, but it seems like maybe we avoided that. That's what it seems like as far as like what the coaches are saying. It's a day-to-day -day thing and, you know, you should be good to go. Um, but 
we'll see. You know, if they hold him out a game, it's not a big deal. Uh, we'll see what happens. And then Ja'Cory Brooks was the other guy who went down for Alabama last week. And then JoJo Earl came back. So a lot of moving pieces over there in that Alabama offense. And I will say, like, I was saying how I feel a lot more confident about my ranks and all that kind of stuff, but I, I have no idea what's going on in the Alabama passing offense, like, or at least the receivers. Uh, you know, one week, last, not this past week, but the week before, I'm like, all right, Ja'Cory Brooks is finally breaking out. He's showing up. And then, I mean, obviously, I didn't even know he was injured. Uh, Andy told me right before we, we jumped on. Did you find out what the actual injury was? Um, it was a leg injury, if I remember correctly, but you know, okay. with college, you can't ever get the sure. full story. So sure. it, it, it wasn't serious as far as I know. I, I remember seeing him in the beginning of the game. Uh, there was a couple plays where I was like, oh, oh he's open. He's open. No, and nothing happened. And then I, he was just not in the game anymore. So I'm assuming that's injury related. Uh, especially kind of, he kind of had that like mini breakout the week prior, but then we see Jojo Earl come back. Isaiah bond showed up, uh, out of nowhere and, uh, had some, like, he's kind of, I mean, it was one game, so i definitely don't want to take too much from it, but he kind of looks like he might be taking that Jameson Williams role, uh, based off of what he was doing in that game. Uh, he had some big plays down the field plays. I think you're forgetting about their wide receiver one Jamar Gibbs. <laughs> I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty wild. But the thing is, he was actually a running back in this game. Uh, he wasn't just a receiver because I was starting to get a little concerned with the fact that they were only using him in the receiving game. Now, don't get me wrong. He was looking very good in that role, but running back has to run. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we needed to see something, and we saw a lot. I mean, he broke off some huge plays. Uh, now you probably have some detractors like, oh, it was only two big plays. You take those two plays away, then you know what's he got and all that kind of stuff. But man, dude looked really, really good. He did, and I love seeing that because that was like the biggest question mark for a lot of people was, is he uh, three down back? And I think we have that answer. Definitely, and I think there's some sad news for your Badgers. Yes, well, sad. Uh, I would say bittersweet. Um, they got just mollywopped by the Illini and their old coach, Brett Bielema. Uh, and it was so bad that they just decided to fire Coach Christ. And I think it was a good decision. I think it sends a message that we're not going to stand for above average. Um, and Wisconsin was sort of losing its identity. You know, Wisconsin plays defense and they run the ball and they have an offensive line that's going to beat you up. And that wasn't happening this year. So if you if you abandon the Wisconsin identity, you're not you're not going to s- stay on the on the sideline. So good luck to Paul Christ. I think he did some good things for the program, but you know it's time to move on. So for kicks and giggles, I just googled his name and when you type it in the title like for his occupation underneath is former football coach so that's that's a little sad to see they're already writing him off he's done moving on <laughs> i'm, I'm sure nebraska would take him if they weren't taking urban but uh, they'd probably be better off taking him <laughs> instead of urban honestly <laughs> uh, but yeah like you said it's not all doom and gloom there you know uh, they don't want to just, uh did Andy freeze up? Oh, there he is. He's back. All right. We, we keep losing him a little bit tonight, so he, he might be in and out, but hopefully we can get through all of his picks and everything. Uh, any other news and notes before we move on to the good stuff? 
I don't really think so. There's a lot of minor injuries out there that uh, we have to pay attention to. Uh, it sucks to see Sean Tucker uh, limping around a little bit. Uh, Cedric Tillman's been dealing with an ankle injury now for a couple of weeks. So and he had surgery. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be something to help him get back faster from a high ankle sprain. Uh, so nothing major, but uh, hopefully uh, he's coming out of his bye. Hopefully he'll play against LSU. And then uh, Sean Tucker's going into his bye, so hopefully he'll be ready to go after that. But just a lot of minor nagging things just to keep an eye on. I know I had to take Tucker out of my lineup in my C2C league, and that one hurt because uh, he's been blowing up. <laughs> so, all right, well, why don't we take a quick break, and then we will come back and do a way-too-early 2023 rookie mock. After last season's nine-touchdown, ten-interception performance, uh, which also had some serious accuracy concerns, uh, DJU's really cleaned it up. His QBR is now at 77.3. He's got 11 touchdowns to only one interception. Last year, his QBR was a paltry 43.2. And as I mentioned, he had that, those accuracy concerns. Uh, his adjusted completion percentage is now at 76.2. It's almost 10 points higher than it was a season ago. Yards per attempt is also up nearly two yards. And he's now had three straight games uh, with over 50 yards rushing. And most importantly is his team is undefeated, back-to-back uh, -back wins against ranked opponents. His profile is getting bigger again. If I can buy him at a reasonable price, I think I'm doing it. Uh, so welcome back to the Debbie stage, DJU. I didn't even hear what happened. I got mesmerized by the beard. Who was uh, that handsome guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> and no, I'm actually a little, a little jealous. No grays in that beard either. That's uh... uh Well, if you take a closer look, you might find a couple. <laughs> Mine are getting a little more obvious. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> See, I just started losing my hair because of Tennessee football, but that's fine. I'm, I'm a young man. It'll eventually grow back, right? Of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, the good news is you don't have to worry about grades if it all falls out. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, everyone and their mother has been super excited about the, the 2023 class, and rightfully so. There are some very good players in it. But in the past week, the past couple weeks, I've started hearing people freaking out about this 2023 class, talking about, oh, you know, it, it sucks. Where's the depth and, and everything else? Uh, you know, I think – Unfortunately, for a lot of people, they were expecting a lot of, of players to take a step forward, and that hasn't truly happened yet. Although there's some players that were not on my radar that are now on the my on the Debbie radar. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like those aren't the players that the people were expecting to take a step forward. And so now we're starting to see some people freak out. What do you guys think of the class? Uh, you know, at, through five weeks so far this year. I'll just say that the depth of the running backs is a lot bigger than I thought. Like I thought there was, you know, you know, obviously you have, well, I don't want to, well, like who my one one's going to be, but uh, you know, you've got the guys at the top who are obvious, but I think that the second tier or maybe like the two B or maybe the third tier, whatever you want to call it is like anywhere from five to 10 guys deep where you could say like, this guy is a potential NFL player. And I think that's good when we we've got like this sort of changing of the guard in the NFL of running backs. You know, some of these guys are aging out of their their roles. So I think this is a class where we're going to see a lot of these running backs play for three to four years. Uh, you know, and a, a lot on NFL rosters. So I think that this class is huge, and you you want those second round picks for sure. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, we need to see, I guess, a continuation throughout the rest of the season for a lot of these guys. You know, we need to see like full seasons from them. But I definitely see that uh, that large tier that you're talking about. I have, I, ba- I basically have like four tiers that we might end up talking about players from uh, tonight. And so, uh, and, and in those tiers, there's quite a few running backs for sure. <laughs> But it seems like we really only have a couple guys that, uh, as far as the running backs, that are like guaranteed top end talent right now, you know, as of today. And so why don't we go ahead and dive into your 101? Uh, I'm assuming, you know, you're taking what Tank Bigsby, you know, I've heard his name a lot. Uh, You know, it's he's got to be the 101, right? I mean, everyone just talks about how amazing he is. Uh, Andy, that's you, yeah. Oh, and he froze oh, again. No. No. <laughs> Am I All right, so no, yep, no, Andy's back. So, so Andy took uh, Tank Bigsby. I'll go no. ahead and ju- jump in here with <laughs> one hundred and one. I'm not going to be cute with it. No brainer, Bijan Robinson. He's going to be a first round pick in dynasty startups next year. He's got sitting at two point three one yards per team play this. No! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Here, I, I don't know exactly what he was going to talk about, but I'll talk about my points with Bijan. Uh, so, sitting at 100 scrimmage yards per uh, game, average game, uh, 1.25 PPR points per touch on average. And uh, let's see here. I was actually on the wrong screen. So, 127 uh, scrimmage yards per game. Uh, 1.289 PPR points per touch. And that was actually his average 1.39 PPR points per touch for his best season, uh, which is probably this season. I'm guessing, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, what he's doing per game, uh, a lot of great things that you love to see uh, a good BMI 29.19, you know, good enough for sure. And Andy, I believe is back. So we'll let him finish talking about his guy. <laughs> Oh, You're and muted. he's muted. So I'll. <laughs> I said I'm glad I got Bijan out of. Listen, this is a train wreck. I apologize, you guys. Uh, yeah, he's. You 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 gave all the numbers. I heard you. So I'm not gonna like dwell on it too much. It's 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 a no brainer. Don't overthink it. Bijan 101. He catches passes. He's a three down back. Best player in the draft. Just drafted 101. He's been the 101 for two years. Yeah, I guess we hadn't really seen like the big games for out of them in the beginning, like the first couple of weeks, two or three weeks or whatever. But in the past couple of weeks, we've seen some, some mighty fine runs and some, some big games. And not that I ever doubted his, you know, him being at the top there, but just kind of wanted to see, can he still do it? And he can definitely still do it uh, easily. The one uh, you know, at this point we just have to, Actually, I'm so ha- people were talking about him possibly like opting out before the season and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm so happy that he's playing and that we get to see it. And he like it's just everything's confirmed. Uh, so I, I love the pick, uh, the obvious pick there. Honestly, the 102 is where it starts getting a little tough because you can go, you can go the route of the QBs. I'm assuming we're always talking about super flex. If we're right. not, then uh, why are we even here? But <laughs> uh, I. I can go that route, but you know, honestly, looking at the teams that need a QB in the NFL right now, I don't even know that I want to bank on on drafting one of those you know teams or a player for those teams right now. So I feel like I'm going to stick right now, at least, with the running back uh, you know s- situation here, and I'm going to go with my boy that we were just kind of talking about, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think that 
we we saw it last year. We knew he was a great runner. We knew he was a great you know pass catcher. We knew he could do everything he needed to do, but we needed to see it at Alabama, <laughs> and we hadn't seen it at Bama until this past week. Uh, ran all over the place. I don't even have the stats in front of me, but I mean, a uh, ridiculous amount of yards, uh, two multiple touchdowns, two or three touchdowns, everything you wanted to see, rushing, receiving in the game. And uh, I'm so excited to see what happens going forward. And, you know, you know me, all I do is talk about big time run rate. 0.86 or an 8.6% uh, big time run rate was what you love to see. Actually, one percentage point higher than Bijan. Uh, not that that's the end all be all or anything like that, but it's definitely what you love to see. A little lower on the BMI rank. Uh, so, you know, that's, I guess, one of the concerns, but I'm hoping that. It's not going to matter. He's just so explosive and so uh, energetic and everything. And he's an Alabama player that the NFL is not going to care. They're going to draft him possibly in the first round. I mean, I kind of hope not, but uh, you know, like it, it's definitely possible. But and if it is, it's probably going to be later in the first round, which probably means a pretty good team. And guess what? Jameer Gibbs, 102. And he just looks so patient behind the line of scrimmage. And that first cut, the way he's able to explode into the second level just with ease. And, I mean, he looks effortless in the open field. That is what I would love to see from running backs. And he's somebody who I think can very easily fit into any system. Uh, he's not the do-it-all back that uh, John Robinson is. But I think that in the right system, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I don't think he'll be hindered by a skill set, but... I'm really excited. Somebody early on, I'm like, Miami Dolphins in round two? I think that'll be a really nice fit. Yeah, yeah I, I like, like it. Hopefully they, they can go uh, get some O-line help as well if that's going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, I just I, I love the player. Uh, obviously, a lot can change between now and the actual draft, and maybe I would end up going with one of those QBs. But it, it's just right now we've seen a lot of bad – like good QBs go to bad situations and still struggle in the past couple of years. And so it just seems like we're going to start getting to the point where people are going to be like, I don't have to take the QB 101 overall in this, in a super flex league. And if that's the case, then I can take Gibbs and then still go get uh, a player. Like uh, two years ago, I took uh chase at one Oh three and I skipped my, my top QB Justin Fields, but then I traded back up and took Justin Fields at 107. Now that hasn't worked out amazingly for the Fields part, uh, but it, my plan of taking Chase first worked out pretty damn well. So uh, I'm kind of hoping for maybe a similar situation here. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to the 103. And with my first pick, I have to go with CJ Stroud. I mean, as super flex, quarterback is still king. Uh, no matter what we do, we can't change the fact that quarterbacks just generally score more points than any other position. It just gets you such a great advantage whenever you have two elite quarterbacks. It's something that's really tough to match unless you have two of the top five running backs. Uh, so going with CJ Stroud, I really don't know where he's going. I hope, I hope it'll be the Texans uh, whenever the draft rolls around. I think they have a good enough base that – Whatever quarterback goes there, except if it's Will Levis, I will be looking at very highly whenever uh, the rookie drafts roll around. And he hasn't done anything this year to make it to where you're not excited about him moving forward. I mean, sure, you would like to see even otherworldly numbers uh, than what he's putting up. But, I mean, it's it's still great. He's playing on arguably the best offense in college football, and he's a big reason that is the best co- 
best offense in college football. So Will Levis, 103, I'm a happy man. You mean Stroud? Oh, son of a gun! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to leave now because I just hyped up Will Levis. I'm at CJ Stroud. Dear Lord, thank uh, you. Oh, no, my no. gosh. Two, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're like a month ago, right. I was stuck on Zach Stacy and Seth Keyshawn Vaughn, and I went like five minutes <laughs> saying how Zach Stacy was such a bust. So, yeah, my apologies. CJ Stroud, 103. I got to double check that button before I click it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, but you're absolutely right. Like, statistically, he's been the best quarterback in the country for two seasons now. And I like the pick. I mean, I think that we're all on the same page that there's two quarterbacks in this class that are worth a damn. Um, you know, Ohio state quarterbacks get a bad rap. We're desperately trying to not to scout the helmet. Um, and we want to scout the player obviously. And, you know, um, I've, I've heard the point brought up, like every school has a, you know, bad quarterbacks until they get that good one. So it, you know, it's going to happen eventually for Ohio state. Maybe it's Stroud. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, all the advanced metrics agree. Uh, he's, by far been the best one. I mean, obviously, uh, there's another player that is up there as well. A uh, big surprise player that no one knows about here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I can't argue with it at all. I, I think that uh, he's going to do big things and a great pick there at 103. And honestly, like, who I obviously considered at 102 as well. Fair enough. It's 104. Well, I'll start. I'll just say I'm getting my, my uh, second best player here at 104 and it's the other quarterback in the list and that's Alabama's Bryce Young. Um like John was saying, like after Bajan there's so many directions you can go. Uh but yeah, with this being super flex obviously and I'm going to throw this out there for the future, let's just assume tight end premium as well as long as we're all cool with that. Uh but uh Works I right. always I always like to err on the side of like quarterbacks. Sometimes to a detriment because you're going to get guides like you know, Justin Fields, who we just talked about, who, you know, we don't, you know, jury's still out on him, but sometimes you take, you know, quarterbacks early and it doesn't work out for you. But I think uh, Bryce Young has enough mobility and he's got the accuracy and the arm strength to be an NFL starter. Obviously the biggest concern is size. Um, Same thing with Jameer Gibbs, but I think the NFL is just sort of moving to this smaller, more athletic game. Um, These, you don't really need that size to, you know, the prototypical size that we've expected to, from wide receivers and running backs and, um, you know, quarterbacks, is not really a, a big deal breaker anymore for these NFL teams? Like they're just picking guys that can go out there on offense and make plays. So I think Bryce Young is probably, you know, he's coming off a of Heisman year. He's probably the, one of the better playmakers in the country, uh, you know, with his arm. And he had the hundred yard rushing game earlier this year. Uh, he hasn't really shown it in the last couple of weeks, but we know he can do it. So he can make plays on the ground. I think um, he's going to be great for an NFL team. But like, you know, there's John said, you get worries about, you know, what team he ends up going to being an early round draft pick, but hopefully he can rise above that. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about his uh, about his makeup is what his floor could be. I think he could have an extremely low floor if all of the like negatives end up mattering if he is too small uh he's a good athlete not elite athlete he has good arm strength not elite arm strength but i i mean he has a heisman trophy he's obviously a really freaking good quarterback it's just his floor concerns me that's why i went stroud uh before young 
Yeah, and I think most people's concerns uh, are the size. Uh, you know, you listed off a couple other ones. I think that what we're seeing this year is you know, Alabama's O-line for like probably the first time ever kind of sucks. And, uh, you know, yet he's still kind of putting the team on his back. Uh, it's not working. It, it, like the passing offense hasn't been amazing, but he looks pretty damn good out there, regardless of how everything else is working, not being able to like hone in on uh, one particular receiver or even like a couple different receivers. We have like eight different receivers out there. So I, I think the offense is in flux, but he still looks good. Um, and so that that's pretty good for me. <laughs> like I, and mm-hmm. I would easily draft him here at 104, uh, assuming you know everything stays the same and that he gets healthy from the injury, which it seems like he will be. Um, I probably should have been looking at my list and figuring out who I was going to draft here, but I honestly I don't think it's all that difficult for me right now. This is gonna I'm gonna switch it up right here, and I. I was like for the past, I don't know, six months, eight months, something like that. I've been pretty dead set on one guy as like my top wide receiver, my top guy. But right now I'm going to go ahead and switch it up. I'm going to move my new wide receiver one up in Jordan Addison. I'm going to go ahead and take him here. And (laughs) I, as much as I love a different player, uh, I guess you know maybe it's just the injury talking and stuff like that. I don't want to give too much away. You know, I know it's a big surprise, but <laughs> uh, honestly, Addison's done everything that you can do as a wide receiver, and he's continuing to do it today. And so I just you win the Blitnikoff uh, on not the greatest offense. I mean, like a pretty good offense, but uh, you know, like still it was, it was still Kenny Pickett. Like <laughs> come on, but. <laughs> uh, you win the Blitnikoff and then you transfer schools and you go over and honestly like Caleb Williams has looked good. I don't know that he's looked amazing or anything like that to where you can be like, Oh, well it's just, you know, Caleb Williams doing his thing or whatever. Like I believe that Jordan Addison is just a very, very good wide receiver. And, and honestly, all of the advanced metrics and everything agree with me. Um, he is sitting at 14 yards per reception for his career, uh, 2.8, uh, point PPR points per touch for his career. And then uh, right now, 15.8 yards per reception uh, for the season. And then 2.93 uh, yards per rece- uh, yards per team reception. Jesus. <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, that, that one metric that everyone loves uh, so very much <laughs> yards per team pass attempt. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but then the market share, everything I you know I love about uh, I love to see in a top wide receiver. He's doing it all. And then actually the P- PPR points per touch right now is three point seven seven. So all uh, things that I love to see. And you know, like I said, there's another wide receiver that I really really like and that I probably would have drafted if it was like two weeks ago. But it's not two weeks ago. So here we are. <laughs> so at the one oh six, I'm feeling pretty comfortable here. After drafting what I thought was the number one quarterback and still having some running backs that I knew I couldn't attain from the 103, but still like later on, uh, I knew I was going to get one of the top two wide receivers. I was very happy to have Jordan Addison if he fell to me. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about the guy. He led his team in receiving wherever he had two other first round draft picks on his team. I mean, it it's hard to get better than that. He's been banged up all season. So that's that's a real bummer. I uh, would have loved to actually see what he's doing in his junior year with C.J. Stroud going out. And I, I get the accidental Ohio State stack here. 
So I'm I'm very happy with that. He coming into the year, he and Keyshawn Butte were fighting for who's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. And I think Jordan Aston definitely has a chance to usurp them both for that title. But I'm still very happy in the middle of the first round getting somebody who can probably who I think will safely be a top 24 wide receiver for most of his career, but definitely has a chance to be a wide receiver one for you moving forward. Yeah. Um I had those guys at five and six as well. I actually had JSN first, but totally understand Addison going before him. A little that's like a mildly spicy take, but I like like you had the guts to do it and I appreciate it. So <laughs> honestly, you know, it could easily change once he gets back on the field, but it it's kind of like how things have worked out in the model. And I'm just looking at it and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I, I, I've loved JSN too, you know, for too long. And then I started looking at it and I'm like, you know what? This is just good. <laughs> like, maybe I can do this. And so I did it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Come well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and keep the wide receiver train rolling. And so I see JSN and Addison go off the board. The first thing I got to do is grab that last wide receiver who I have in that kind of the upper tier. This would be like the one B tier, I would say, but I'm taking Josh Downs. Um, he's never going to be an alpha receiver. I see you shaking your head, John. That's all right. I uh, hate you so much right now. <laughs> uh, I was already typing in Keishon Butte until no. who was the 107. I'm very surprised here. No, no, Butte, we don't speak that name here. That's but, right. Uh, so I think he could dominate the slot role, though, for like, the better part of a decade, honestly. So he's going to be a contributor on your, on your fantasy teams for a long time. And I'm at one Oh seven right now. We're at the back end of the first round at this point. All, all I'm looking for is contributors. And I know he's going to contribute right away and he's going to, you know, be startable and it's not a home run hit. I don't think, but it's a good solid player for a long time. Yeah, I, I hate you so very much right now. Uh, you know that's my boy. From day one, I've made that very clear. Uh, I love everything about him. Another player that you know dealt with a little bit of injury this year, but he's back. Uh, he, he didn't have like an amazing game uh, in his return, but he had a pretty good game. I think he had like nine receptions for ninety yards or something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, so he he does everything that you want to see. And you know, one, once again, people just the only complaint I hear from people is, "Oh, he's too small." Oh, he doesn't weigh enough. Like, he's 180 pounds. Like, who cares? Come on, guys. Like, how, how many receivers do we have to see succeed at, like, 170, 180 pounds before we finally stop worrying about someone not being 215 pounds? Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it, you know, we, we worry about BMI with running backs, maybe even with quarterbacks. We don't worry about BMI with wide receivers. So let's just get past that. Josh Downs is a stud. Um, honestly, I don't even think it's that insane. I'm not saying he is. I don't think it's that insane that he can move up into that top grouping with those other two, you know, before it's all said and done. He's already there for me, I but I understand that, <laughs> that I'm not the norm when it comes to uh, uh, the Josh Downs takes. <laughs> I'm happy that uh, you agree with me. I thought you were about to shut me down, but this, this is much better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just mad that you took my guy because now I have to sit here and try to figure out who the hell I'm taking. What are we at? 108? 108. 108. All right. 108. Um, I think I'm going to go back to the running back position here. And you son I, of a gun. <laughs> I'm going to take my boy, that I another player that I was a little concerned with about 
the rushing ability from what you know we've seen so far this year until this past couple of weeks or this past week where he completely blew up and uh, unfortunately he got uh, injured apparently I did not realize that but I'm going to go ahead and take Sean Tucker here at 108 um, he I I drafted Sean Tucker in my C2C league a lot of people are like oh you know that's a good pick that's I love Sean Tucker and he has dominated and now obviously you know that is something that should translate but I got a lot of oh well yeah but it's Syracuse it's Syracuse you know no one's gonna get drafted from Syracuse Syracuse is undefeated <laughs> like they are uh, looking very good uh, actually I, I made a call about Garrett Schrader the QB as well uh, you know he's actually looking pretty good I mean not like amazing or anything but good enough uh, but more importantly like that team is on the map now and Sean Tucker's on the map. Uh, I guess we'll have to sit here and wait and figure out if we can get a Syracuse uh, running back in you know into day two, but uh, that's the hopes here. But I love the talent, uh, everything that I was talking about with some of these other players. But uh, four receptions per game on average, which you love to see. Uh, a gr- great BMI, almost thirty BMI. Uh, not as much of the big time run rate, like five point six percent, but that's good enough. You know, I, I not down in like the three percent or anything like that. Um, so just everything that you love to see over one uh, PPR points per touch and uh, 150, uh, almost 150 scrimmage yards per game that, you know, just the NFL is going to take note. And I already did. And that's why I'm drafting here at him here at 108. <laughs> I love the pick. Yeah. Um, I had him as my eighth pick as well. Should I have had that pick? But yeah, 20% market share for receptions right now. So he's, so much more improved in that aspect of the game. I think he's had some pressure taken off from him, but he's still almost at a 90% dominator rating in the backfield. So yeah, he's a, he, you know, he's a, he's a game changer for that Syracuse team. And I think he's going to do the same for an NFL team. Yeah. I have to agree with you. I've been seeing every, all the advanced metrics say that he's one of the top three most efficient running backs in college football right now. All he does is produce. Uh, I was hoping he would be producing for my team at 109, but unfortunately you all had other plans. So I'm going to have to pivot to a player who I think picking at 109, but very well could not even be seen in the second round of your drafts, whenever it comes around uh, back in April uh, or up in April, not going back in the future, uh, but that's Keishon Boudet. And it it sucks. I was really hoping that he was going at 107 and Sean Tucker would be there for me at 109. It it didn't happen. But he has the upside to be the wide receiver one in this class. And I don't think there's another wide receiver available or another player available who I think legitimately could be the number one at their position in five years. Now, he could also be Terrence Marshall and we never see him again after he gets drafted. Uh, So, you know, Six one half dozen other, but I think that the ceiling is worth it. It it's really tough to spend your one oh nine though on a wide receiver who never produced over a thousand yards in college. But I think physically he is probably the most gifted wide receiver in this class, and I just I really hope that he can put it all together and he will be producing for your fantasy teams for years to come. Like he very well he could be a top six wide receiver in this league. Or he's a bomb seventy five. It's it's going it's going to be one of those things. 
Easily. I honestly, I, I don't mind the pick. Uh, he was a top wide receiver for me at one point. Uh, he's not in that top tier anymore just because, you know, like I people make a lot of excuses for Keishon Butte. And I, I think it's just at some point you have to actually look at the, you know, like what's going on, what's happening. And so I'm not saying that he's terrible. I'm not saying that I think he's going to be a bust or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's definitely risk involved. And so I weigh risk heavily in my drafts because in the first round, I'm really not trying to take risk. You know, you have, and you have people that play like that and that's perfectly fine. It's just not the way that I do it. You know, you have people t- uh, saying, Oh, you got to take Malik Willis at one Oh one, you know, before the, the NFL draft last year, because he's going to be a stud and he's going to get first round draft capital and this and that. And it was all risk. Like, the risk was all, you know, all there. And people were literally taking him at one Oh one. And then look what happened. And, and, you know, the guy's not even on the field. So uh, that's just one example. But I think that I'm trying to avoid those kind of risks. I don't know that I would have taken him here unless things change. Um, if he wasn't playing, I feel like it would be easier for me to be like, yeah, yeah, take him at 109, you know, look at what he did in the past and all that. But the fact that he's out on the field and getting beat out by Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, I'm, I don't know how you can not drop him at least a couple notches, you know? That That's why I threw in the caveat. He very well could be a third-round pick whenever you're doing your rookie drafts. Right. But I think, I think with the upside, there's no other player on the board who has that same level of upside. And like I said... You have to, or like you said, you have to produce at some point. But with us going into week six, I mean, it could very well change. But I'm going, I'm swinging for the fences here. Yeah, I kind of had the same thing written down as what Lucas said. It's just like it's a gamble back into the first, maybe the early second. I actually had him at 10th, so pretty close, honestly. Um, so you're calling it a terrible pick then? No, 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 no. I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, with I'm ready. It's fine. I'm with them right here. Like it's, it's a, it's a high risk, high reward. If you can get like a Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase in the back end of the first, that's such a slam dunk pick, but he could just be nothing too. So you run that risk. Uh, so if you're willing to do that, that's, you know, maybe if you, maybe if it's like your second or third pick in the first round of this draft, it might be worth it, but you know, there's still a lot of season left for him to make us feel even worse about it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'll, all right. So I'm at 110 now. I'm going to mix it up and probably throw a name that people haven't. I mean, I know John and I love him, uh, but I don't think a lot of people have been talking about him as a first round dynasty rookie pick. And that's Michigan's Blake Corum. No. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I just snipe you left and right. I love it. It's literally my next pick. Oh, it's great. So, yeah, he gashed Maryland for 200 yards. And then Donovan Edwards back last week, and he still takes Iowa, who has a – Iowa's like – that's all they do is play defense. And he still took him for like 130 yards, and they dominated that game. He's got athleticism. I, I've read that he was rumored to have – or he did run a 4-4 as a freshman. Um Obviously, it's the same thing with a lot of the guys that I've picked so far and a lot of, you know, it's the size. He's only 200 pounds. Um, he's a little shorter. His BMI, which John always brings up, is fine. Um, he's just a smaller, you know, height-wise back. But he's got the athleticism. He's got the production in college. Um, he's beating out a five-star who's also on his roster. I think he's a great he's, – he's, like, right at the top of that second-tier running backs for me right now in 2023. 
Yeah, I've talked about Blake Corum way too much on this pod. I do not need to say another word about him. Uh, I can't believe you stole him because I thought, oh, he's 5'8". No one's going to take him in the first round. Uh, nope, here we are. I'm getting sniped. Um, now, we have a question in the chat. It's not a Debbie-related question, but it is a you know a fine listener of the show. Should we go ahead and answer this before we move on, or should we completely ignore here? Uh, yeah, let's hit this up real quick. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is pretty wild, and now it is a 10-man league, but we have uh, Kyle Pitts, and I'm assuming A.J. Dillon were dropped in my 10-man full PPR league, and I have the first waiver. Who should I snag? Tight end is Ertz, RBs are CMC, Fournette, Kareem, ETN, and Akers. I'm dropping Boyd. Um, It can't be Pitts, right? (laughs) You're not picking up Pitts right now, uh, as crazy as that sounds, unless it's a dynasty league, which they did not specify. Uh, so uh, I'm it's assuming it's yeah. I'm assuming it's a redraft league. So I, I think it has to be Pitts, honestly. And I think really? it's because of what his upside still is at the tight end position, a, a position that's been horrendous. I feel like you can find more value at running back, and AJ Dillon's not the type of running back who's going to go and give you a uh, top six finishes at the position. But if Kyle Pitts puts it together and starts showing what he was doing at the end of his rookie season with the way the position's been, where I think Zach Ertz is the number three currently, but he's equivalent to wide receiver 30. I would take Kyle Pitts and what that upside is as somebody who can be on your bench. Yeah, I'm with Lucas, I think. Uh, Pitts, uh, just because I think somebody brought up on Twitter, last year he was like tight end 20 through the first four weeks, and then the last 11 weeks or whatever, he was tight end four. So... It can uh, definitely turn around in an instant. We saw it with TJ Hawkinson last week who went had one big game, and now he's tight end three all of a sudden. Yeah. All right, getting back to our draft, though. <laughs> yeah, back to the draft. We just wanted to help Trey out a little bit. He yep. asked uh, Russ or Cousins. I, I'd go Cousins there. Uh, but let's get back into our draft. Where are we at here? One... 111. That's you, one, man. 111. I am up. I have not been paying attention. I'm answering questions about uh, redraft <laughs> questions instead of instead of paying attention to the draft. <laughs> but, uh, but here we are. All right, so I've been sniped twice now. And I am not, I'm not liking uh, that at all. But I am going to go ahead and take my sneaky player that I don't think many people are talking about in the first round or even being like a highly drafted player. But I've talked about him quite a bit on this show. And it's my boy Zay Flowers. Dude is standing out. Uh, he was already standing out last year, but it was in a terrible situation. Things have gotten slightly better for the offense, but yet he's just blowing up uh, every week. I mean, I, I feel like I feel it a little bit more because he's on my CSC team, <laughs> but at the same time, I just I love seeing those stats rolling in. Um, I love everything about Zay, and you know he's sitting at like a forty. Uh, 40 something I don't have it up right now but a 40 something percent market share in that offense uh which is obviously what we love to see 102 point yard 102 receiving yards uh per game uh 2.7 yards per team pass attempt 16.9 yards per reception like everything that I love to see for a wide receiver the only knock at this point is he's a senior I don't care I do not care that he's a senior and I really don't think the, the, the NFL is going to care either. And I think when it's all said and done, 
I'm not comping the players at all. Um, I don't think that they're the same type of player or anything like that. I just think it's a similar situation uh, to Jahan Dotson, how I felt about him last year, where it just a lot of people were down on him. He was a senior. You know, they were saying that you know he was he was going to get taken over by the sophomore and all this other stuff, and then he just blew up and did Jahan Dotson things. And I feel like the same thing is happening with Zay Flowers. I'm not saying he's going to be a mid-first-round pick, but I do think that he could be a second-round pick. Uh, and then at that point, I'll be I'll feel pretty confident about taking him here at the end of the first, maybe the beginning of the second when it's all said and done. But I, I had to mention my boy here. What would his draft capital have to be for you to start feeling out on him? Um, I, I mean, you know, we see we see like a David Bell this year, you know, getting into the third and, and everything and, you know, not being a, a huge part of the offense, you know, right away and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I'd be drafting a first round uh, receiver in a rookie draft or a third round uh, receiver in the first round of a rookie draft. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the back end uh, obviously just depends, but we have so many other options and so many good options that if he was a third round wide receiver, I'd probably knock him down a couple notches at least. But I really do think there's a chance that he can be a second rounder and maybe even the slightest chance he ends up as a first rounder. <laughs> I like it. All right. So at the 112 finishing up the first round, I, I don't have a running back yet. So I, I don't need to take one here. But I'm going to take one here because I feel like there is a teardrop coming. And I want to get out ahead of it a little bit because I also have a horrible feeling y'all are going to do double running backs. And that's Devin the Chain or a Kane. However, you say his last name because I can't pronounce words. Uh, running back, Texas AM. He was the best running back on the team last year whenever Isaiah Spiller was there and he was a fourth round pick. And while he does not fit a workhorse role in the NFL or an every down role by any means, I think he does have the potential to be one of the best third down running backs in the league and somebody who can consistently be producing on your fantasy teams, especially in PPR settings. I mean, J.D. McKissick is two years removed from being a top 24 RB, and his role, while it was gross, I mean, just working out of the backfield, taking checkdowns, getting the yards that are there, I think Devin Kane is a much more talented player than McKissick is and I'm not going to say he's uh, the next Darren Sproles not going to go that far but I do think he has the potential to be someone who can run between tackles even though that's not his specialty but somebody who's going to thrive in space in the NFL and is going to be more of just a weapon that teams want on their rosters so Devin Kane rounding out the first round I was with you last year. Uh, you know, I felt like he was going to come in uh, larger this year. And, you know, I was going to be like, hey, look at this explosive player that, you know, has gained 10 pounds and all that. And it just didn't happen. Uh, once the, the size didn't change for him, you know, he's sitting at a 27.34 BMI. It just, it's not ideal. Uh, it's not like a death knell. It's not impossible mm -hmm. for him to, to be good. And he is a very good player. Everything stands out in in the advanced metrics, but I heavily discount players for being small, uh, trying to avoid your Deuce Vaughns from just standing out and like being like the number one guy in the model, um, and you know, or a Devin a Chain. So I think that I, I think it's going to be really tough for me to get overly excited about him. But then again, at the end of the first year, it's not it's definitely not a terrible pick, and he has a lot of upside if the NFL is like, hey, we can deal with him being smaller here.
Yeah, and like I said, I just want him to be out in space. That's where I feel like he's going to excel in the NFL. Uh, I can't even think of a team that would want, because I think every team wants a player like that, somebody who's just a weapon, who you design at least 10 looks for a game, uh, where that be rushes, uh, jet sweeps, uh, dedicated wide receiver screens, what have you. I think in an NFL that's moving to, I don't want to say positionless skill players, but whenever Debo Samuel is out there just wrecking whole defenses, not saying Devin Gaines, Debo Samuel, not going there, but you want players who just can do special things with the ball in their hands, and that's who I think Devin Kane is. Yeah, I think he's a little smaller than than Debo. Um, <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Andy? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, John. Uh, it's, it's tough for me to look at 175, 180 pound running back and say, he's going to just come in and take the NFL by storm. Uh, I'd like to think that they'll create like an offensive weapon type role for a chain. And you already mentioned Deuce Vaughn, who I'm sure will, one of us will probably pick coming up here in the second round. Um, and you know, it's possible. I think that there is that JD McKissick role. Uh, I just don't think that that role is going to, you know, win you many games. But you know, we're we're getting into the second round here. You know, the the shot of you picking a league winner is kind of dwindling right now. So really, all you're looking for at this point is production. You know, you can try and swing for the fences all you want, but this the numbers aren't on your side at this point. Yeah, to be fair, I think he's a much better player than J.D. McKissick. Uh, you know, even even if the role would be sure. similar, probably. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and recap uh, round one, if you have it, Lucas. And then yep. uh, we'll take a little break and get into the second round here. So, quickly going through the recap, we have 101, Bajon Robinson, running back Texas. 102, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, 103, C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba at the 106, followed by Josh Downs. Then Sean Tucker, Kayshawn Butte, Blake Corum, Zay Flowers, and Devin Akane. That's your first this is, round. This is not a normal Debbie Pod uh, first round. I can promise you that. Nope. Uh, I haven't heard half of those names even be mentioned uh, by a lot of the Debbie Pods. And I'm I not trying it. to talk. I'm not trying I to talk it. shit, but I think I, honestly, I. I really did like that first round. Uh, a lot of good names. Uh, obviously, I got sniped, so that's uh, showing a good thing. But why don't we take a quick break, and then we will uh, try to speed things up here in the second round. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna get it clicking. The, the, the talent is everywhere around him on offense. Even if the coach stops calling players, or even if he doesn't rock up to the game, they'll figure out how to get this thing working. So if you can get Wilson at the price of a Kirk Cousins, or if you can flip him for a... I don't know, like if you can flip a Mac Jones in a small piece for a Russell Wilson right now, that's a move I'm keen to do, Ooh. right? Because the ceiling on a Mac that, Jones man. is never going to get near what Russ is going to produce with his team. It might hurt in the short term, but that's the sort of move I'm looking for because if he becomes back end of that QB1 range and gettable, I don't think his floor is going to drop much lower. Like, you know, even if he's putting up 20 points a week and it's just meh, mm-hmm. He's not going to be a QB1. You're not paying that price. So if you can find something like that, a Mac Jones, unless Zach Wilson balls out this week, a Zach Wilson in a piece, that's the sort of thing I'm looking to do. All 
Actually, I like that advice uh, quite mm-hmm. a lot. So here we are at 201, and I believe Andy's up. All right, speed round, right? So Let's do it. I think we already mentioned it, kind of foreshadowing, like Debbie guys would always have this guy in the first round, so I'll take him right here at the start of the second, and that's running back Zach Evans. Kind of the same story with Boutte, where he might not have the production. We don't really know why, but I'm not going to pass up on that potential at Evans with the running backs left on the board. He's an athletic freak. Um, He basically told us in the offseason that he does not want to play that much in college. So it's happening in front of our eyes. It's unraveling. We know Quinchon Judkins has kind of been the main guy there, which is great for Quinchon Judkins. But um, his focus is on the NFL, so I'm going to take him at his word there. He kind of got forced out last year at TCU by another guy that we might be drafting later on. but I think I'm just not sure he's ever shown us enough that he's going to be an NFL star. But at the start of the second round here with a guy that has as much hype as he does, I'm not going to like try and go for like the safer pick. I'm just going to see if I can hit a home run here and uh, grab, grab Zach Evans. Like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like Evans. It's a little disconcerting with what's happening, but like you said, he kind of warned people that this is what was going to happen anyway. Uh, but uh, there was a little bit of foreshadowing because my next player is going to be Kendra Miller, uh, <laughs> the, the player that took over for him at TCU and is blowing up. Uh, I actually, if you look at the numbers from last year, I mean, Kendra actually outproduced him, uh, albeit like in a, a smaller sample. Uh, so it, it was pretty exciting to see what he could do all by his lonesome this year. And things started out a little slow, uh, I think, for the entire offense, not just Kendra. But then, uh, you know, he's just blowing up right now. Uh, and uh, I, I love everything I see. I had him very high in my ranks at the beginning of the season. He dropped a little bit after week one, and then he's right back up there for the rest of the season. So uh, I think when it's all said and done, I could easily see him here at the the 202 range. Uh, And, you know, I just I love everything that I'm seeing from him right now. Fair enough. Uh, So. We're getting into the stretch of my uh, knowledge here. I'm not as prepared as you all going into this. So I'm going to just name somebody who I think is having a great year and I think fits a very good prototypical second round running back in your dynasty drafts. And as Muhammad Ibrahim and Minnesota, I know they took a rough loss, but I still think that they have a lot to play for. He's been producing when given the opportunity all year. Uh, very much looks like he's one of the best pure runners in college football right now. Doesn't really offer you a ton outside of just what he's doing uh, in between the tackles. But I think somebody who I think he is someone who like Tyler Algier this year will come in to a place, probably have a fairly safe uh, workload from the beginning and can be producing for you. And, you know, you might turn into something else. We'll see. I definitely like the player. I mean, he, he's, he looks great when he runs, like you said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's like 34. So I don't know how that's going to work, uh, you know, in, in running in running back years, that's not going to be great. Uh, but I mean, he's having a standout year after uh, I believe it's horned Achilles. Right. So uh, the fact that he was able to come back from that and still look this damn good uh, is definitely exciting. And if he puts it all together, like a full season, then he could be up here at the, the top of uh, this kind of round. But who you got next, Andy? Uh, man, there's like so many running backs I want to draft right now, but 
I think like we're at the middle of the second round here. I'm just going to go ahead and take tight end one, Michael Mayer off the board. Um, I think he's going to be a first round draft pick. I know people are giving him some crap about the athleticism, um, but I, you know, we're in the middle of the second round. I think he's going to be a startable tight end, uh, potentially, you know, upper tight end, upper tier tight end one. Uh, He, he has a production at Notre Dame. So um, I'm going to try and like fade out the athleticism noise for now. I know that it's probably not unwarranted, but he's, he's a electric player. So I'll take him here two or four. Yeah, I know he's a big name. I don't really get into the tight end analysis all that much until like the actual draft, just because there's so many guys that you've never even heard of or, or barely heard of that end up, you know, running a, a four four, and then all of a sudden they just skyrocket up the the tie, uh, tight end tiers and everything. Uh, I, I definitely don't hate the pick. If you had done it in the first, I would have laughed at you. But uh, here, here at uh, what are we at two two or three or where are we at two or four? Yeah, I definitely don't mind it there. Um, I have a player here that I was kind of out on uh, at the beginning of the year. Not completely out, but definitely not somebody I would have ever thought I was going to be taking here at uh, 205. And it is Marvin Mims. Uh, He is standing out for Oklahoma this year. And uh, I guess the only concern that I really had a couple weeks ago was that they hadn't really played a high level of competition but you know, as we get week to week, you know, obviously they're going to play some pretty good teams. They just got their asses kicked uh, by TCU and Kendra Miller. So, uh, you know, that's obviously a pretty good team, a decent team at the very least. And uh, yet he's still showing out. Uh, he he started out great as a freshman and then had a pretty down sophomore season. But here he is right back. Uh, I think that he could easily be like a mid second round pick that you really want to have when it's all said and done. I like it. Uh, going for another uh, high upside swing here uh, with the uh, 206. And that's Quinn Johnson. Uh, John Stun. Sorry, I'll get the last name right. Uh, you you that, don't need to get the last name right. He's not going to be up here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I've been looking through a lot of mock drafts to get ready for this. And he is currently projected as a round one wide receiver. And this far into the second round, you can roll your eyes. I see you doing it. But this far into the second round, if I can find somebody with round one draft capital, no matter who it is, I'll take it. And somebody as big and as athletic as he is, it, there's always going to be a spot for him in the NFL. Uh, it might take him a little while. That's not always what you want to see. But like I said, this late into it, I'm going to take a chance. Uh, Quentin Johnson, 206. I think he's got, I mean, just briefly, I'll just say, I think he's a transfer candidate um, because you're right. He is big. He is athletic. I don't know what happened to him at TCU. If it's just the coach within, you know, they have the new coach come in, Um, but I don't know what's going on, but I think he needs to transfer to resurrect that draft capital. And I was just talking earlier this week about how much I hate uh, mock drafts in October so why you know I figured we'd do one, of course, but uh, <laughs> also they just make me so angry because I feel like the guys who write them are just like recycling what they did in in July, anyhow. Um, but all right, I'll move on to my pick. Um, I'm gonna go back. Man, I just have so many guys I want to take right now. Um, I'm gonna grab a wide receiver, I think, and take Jacob Cowing from Arizona. No. <laughs> Um, 
dominated at UTEP for three seasons and then went to the Power Five with Arizona, who's having a decent year, bounce back year from a few years of you know being an awful program. Uh, and a lot of that's because of uh, cowling. So I think he's going to be a day three, day two guy. Um, you know, we're at the middle, the back end of the second round here. I think it's a nice, safe pick with some higher upside. Yeah, I love it. He was actually my next guy as well. Uh, he, you know, he he did it all. He had all everything you wanted to see at a small school. And the question was just, is he going to do it at a you know larger school, even though it's the Pac-12? Uh, but he's doing it. So uh, to me, all the answers of all the questions have been answered, and he is looking like a very good pick here in the mid to late second round. Uh, so that brings us to my next pick, and I am going to take. Oof, there's definitely some. It's getting more difficult at this point, <laughs> I will say. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take a running back that we all thought was going to come out last year, and he did not. It was kind of surprising, but he's he's still looking pretty good this year. And it's Zach Charbonnet. Um, I honestly, I have no idea why he didn't come out last year in that running back class. Like I get that it was deep, but I feel like he would have stood out and he could have easily been one of the top, at least five guys in that class. And I don't know that we can really say that we didn't draft him here as a top five guy. So I just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that he is a, uh, a good prospect. I don't know that he's going to be amazing. I don't know that he's going to be, you know, a stud. He's definitely not going to get first round draft capital or anything like that. Uh, but I like what I see and uh, I think he'll, he can get good enough draft capital uh, assuming that there's not some like skeleton in his closet. We don't know about the, the, the reason why he didn't come out. <laughs> All right. So at the 209, I have been swinging for the fences for a lot of my picks, but I'm going to take my hometown guy. All right. I mean, the Tennessee offense gives you a lot of opportunities uh, to go out, just do whatever you want. But Cedric Tillman, while it's not the most athletic, while one of the older prospects that will be coming out in the draft, I like the way that he wins in college. And in man on man, one on one, he just absolutely bullies everyone he goes up against. And while it might not be helping you win weeks, I think that he's somebody who will very safely have a very long NFL career, be able to fill in for your weeks. And at the end of the second round, I'm okay with doing that. And the Tennessee guys, I have to. I have to. I have. I'm a homer. I'll admit it. I'm going with it. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I like the pick. I think um, Cedric <laughs> oh, Tillman no. is. He's a, he, he like you said. He's a little bit older, but you know, he had a great season last year, and uh, he's doing just fine this year. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Um. There's at least one other wide receiver I want to get, but I got to get some of these running backs in. So I'm going to take one of my preseason guys, and that's Illinois' Chase Brown. A little bit of a curveball, uh, but I really Oof. believe the NFL landscape is going going to go through that major turnover like we talked about. And this class is so deep at running back. All A lot of these guys are going to be seeing NFL snaps. He's currently leading the country in rushing yards, and he did it against Wisconsin, who I'm obviously a Wisconsin homer. <laughs> I, I think that they're the best defense in the country, even though they might not be anymore. Uh, he got our coach fired. Uh, so I'm going to reward him by picking, picking him here in the second round. 
Oh, dang. that That's rough. I mean, I'm glad to see that you can pick players who aren't just part of your favorite team, but that, that's a rough analysis. Oof. Sorry, guys, my uh, headphones died. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, they just uh, cut out. But um, Nice emergency right. earbuds. I like Yes, it. yes. The emergency yeah. earbud is always there just in case, and here we are. And the, by the way, the sound quality is terrible. But, uh, uh, yeah, so what was that, Chase Brown? Chase uh, Brown, 210. Brown. So your last pick. All right, yeah, that pick was about as good as these headphones. But, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> oh, dang. All right, last pick. Uh, it's got to be a good one. Um, man, I, I don't know if he's going to come out as the problem, but I'll tell you what, Mayan Williams <laughs> blew up this past week, and if he does actually come out, which, I mean, coming from a great program, he just put a hell of a game on national television. Uh, I don't know why he really wouldn't come out, uh, but I think that at the end of the second here, uh, if he can do anything like he did this past week, and it's not like this is the first time he's flashed or, or shown anything. Like He was obviously uh, recruited to be good, uh, but I think that Mayan Williams here at the end of the second, is uh, I would feel pretty, pretty okay with that. Yeah, I like it. I, uh, yes, he's sort of taken over for whatever's going on with Travion Henderson, he's taken advantage of it. And obviously Evan Pryor being hurt. So I love it. He should go out this year and I think he'll, he's going to be great. All right. Now to wrap it up, uh, we preach it all the time, go for value on the walkabout. And at the end of the second, don't take Levis. I'm taking well Levis. But I'm going, I'm also going to show I'm not homework. You know, I'm I'm not going to take Hendon Hooker here because I realize that his pro prospects aren't great. But Will Levis right now, for some reason, he's going to be a first round pick. I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't I'm not an NFL scout by any means, as seen by some of my picks here today. Uh but Will Levis is going to come in. He's going to be Somebody that a franchise is grooming to start at some point. And while I might not believe in the talent, I'm believing in the value at the end of the second. It sucks. I don't like Will Levis by any stretch of the imagination. And I hope my Vols crush him in the Wildcats. But yeah, I'm going to take Will Levis from Kentucky at uh, the 212. (laughs) Man, if you would have taken like Michael Penix or... Even like some, I was like, "All right, well, that's like a cool, risky pick." But man, almost did Anthony Richardson, but that uh, one that would have been been grosser. Yeah, that would have been really bad. I, uh, I think, I honestly think it would have been better off if you had taken Hendon Hooker because at least then we could have called you you called it a homer pick. Uh, So now I'm just being dumb. It's fine. I'll take it. (laughs) No, I mean honestly, like you said though, there's so many people talking about him being a first round pick, even an early first round pick. Um, I think I just saw... Uh, He's NFL the 101 mock- in so many mock drafts right now. I don't understand it. Yeah, I get I that he is a big, physical, athletic quarterback who I guess makes really good decisions, but also doesn't make good decisions and couldn't be out the starter at Penn State. So he had to transfer to Kentucky. I don't understand it. Somebody yeah. much smarter than me needs to sit me down, talk real slow to me, explain to me why he is being looked at as a the number one quarterback in this it's, class, wherever you have a Heisman winner, Heisman trophy winner and CJ Stroud, who probably is in line to win the Heisman this year. If Caleb Williams doesn't win it, I don't understand it. 
Well, yeah, but the Heisman winner is only 200 pounds. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but honestly, like you said, it is a value game. And uh, honestly, if he's a first-round pick in, in the NFL draft, yeah. at the end of the second, I really don't hate it. It's when people start getting crazy, like the Malik Willis 101 crap. That's when I start getting pissed off. So I feel like <laughs> do not mind uh, the pick there, although I do not yeah. agree with the the... the talent or you know whatever they're seeing where they're saying that he's going to be this first round pick um honestly i i I just wanted to i wanted to mention one of my babies before we got out of here even though i didn't draft them grayson mccall uh is probably who i should be drafting or should be taking at 212 instead of will levies because i think that he actually can be an nfl qb you know he's coming from a small program i don't know if the draft capital is going to be there but man dude just looks good every single week uh he, he kind of scared me at the beginning of the season he, he had kind of rough like first two games uh for whatever reason but he's right back to where he was last year uh what do you think of, of grayson mccall there andy I mean, you're absolutely right. Like numbers wise, he's his QBR, his efficiency, his EPA per play is like CJ Stroud level. So it's just a matter of how you value that competition. And, you know, is it going to translate to the NFL? Uh, you know, him being in, I think, the Sun Belt. Um, I mentioned DJU in the Debbie recap this week. Um, I think he's a guy that could potentially come into the conversation as we get closer to, you know, the college football playoff. If they're still undefeated and he's still having a 75, 80 QBR and leading that team, I think, you know, NFL teams, he's a former number one overall recruit. So there's not a reason why he can't resurrect that value if he keeps playing the way he does. So... But, yeah, I like Grayson McCall. I think he's good. I just, just don't know if he's going to be, like, a first-round draft pick. No, I definitely don't think he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, but, you know, that's why I'm, I didn't draft him here. You know, but in the yeah. in the end of the second, you know, third-round pick, like, I, I could easily take him because I think he's talented. The question's just going to be NFL draft uh, capital and all that. But, I mean, honestly, look at Sam Howell this year. Now, Sam Howell was a better prospect in a, you know, in a major school, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not truly comparing them, but as a fifth round pick in the NFL draft, there's already people talking about him possibly starting here pretty soon. Uh, So, you know, it it, follow the talent, as I always say. Uh, Yeah, if things don't go the way that you think they're going to go in the NFL draft, it might take longer than you originally expected. But if you follow the talent, I believe, you know, 75% 75% of the time that that player will get on the field and show you, uh, you know, what they can do. And I think that can definitely happen with Grayson McCall. Were there any other players that, uh, oh, by the way, I'm so, so proud of us that we did not take Tank Bigsby. Guys, I, I did not, we didn't talk about this before. I just, I really felt like at some point I was going to have to sit here and tell you why that was a terrible pick and all that. I mean, I did that multiple times, but not about Tank because I'm, I just, like, I, I might actually cry. I'm so proud of you guys right now. Uh, I, I've seen multiple posts in the past week with him still a top 12 pick and, you know, for Debbie purposes. And I don't understand it. Like stop looking at recruit scores. Stop looking at, you know, what people thought about him when they were juniors in high school. Like look at what's happening now. He is not a top running back. That doesn't mean he can't be anything or whatever. I'm not saying he's garbage. I'm saying he's not good enough to be in the top two rounds, and I'm so proud of us. I probably shouldn't tell you my player to watch that wasn't drafted. 
<laughs> I swear to God. I'm just kidding. Honestly, <laughs> like I think Tank Bigsby only gets like as high like of a ranking as he does is because his name is Tank. Honestly. I, mm-hmm. And he did have a great freshman season, so I'm not going to take that away from him. But yeah, he's just he's he's in a timeshare <laughs> with Jarquez Hunter. Yeah. I actually I remember I, I heard uh, I was watching I think the the Bama game on Saturday and they cut in with the clip from the Auburn game and I forget who it was but the announcer was like Tank doing what Tank does best and he ran in for like a one yard touchdown and I'm like you just wanted to say Tank that's it yes. like, that's all you care about <laughs> it's not what he does best he's not even that good but yet you just wanted to be like Tank does what he does best <laughs> alright so my last player I'll mention uh, just somebody who wasn't drafted but somebody I'm definitely paying attention to that's Charlie Jones for Purdue I know he's a transfer I know he's a senior I know that all of the like his whole profile coming into this year is gross and we don't want to look at it, but the guy already has 588 receiving yards on the season. Already has seven touchdowns. I know Purdue's also a pass-happy team. So some of that is it's skewed in his favor a little bit. But he's definitely somebody I'm watching as we're going through. And I'm really interested to see down in Mobile uh, at the end of the year. Uh, definitely be looking out. And I think that he could have the kind of rise that Kyle Phillips saw coming uh, into training camp. Just a veteran guy who I think can do some good things. Uh, so that's my player to watch at the end. All right. I have him on my list as well. Um, I have Deuce Vaughn, who we've already touched on, so I won't talk about him, who we didn't draft, which proud of you guys for that as well. Um, I'm going to go with Rashi Rice from SMU, who's currently leading the country in yards per game, uh, receiving yards per game. Uh, he had eight catches in the first quarter tonight before going into the medical tent with something. So we'll find out more about that later, I'm sure. Mm. But this is a guy who is at SMU who just had a third round draft pick going to the NFL last year and Danny Gray. So it's a program that can get guys in the NFL. This guy's dominating there. Obviously they lost Grant Calcaterra there as well. And I think uh, one other guy whose name is escaping me, but he's taken over completely for that entire offense. Um, so yeah, I like Rashi Rice. Uh, is is like a potentially second round pick, uh, but definitely in the third round. I like it. Yeah, and like you said, he he, he blew up today. I didn't realize he had gotten hurt, but uh, he had a hell of a start there. Uh, I guess talk about just a couple quick players, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, my the last wide receiver I want to talk about was Dontavian Wicks. Now he's not having as good of a season as uh, as last year. Uh, apparently, he he leads the nation in drops. Uh, from what I saw, uh, with a 25% drop rate, which is just insane. Uh, but you know, everything that I've that I've learned from at least the NFL is drops means that you're being targeted. Uh, so uh, you know that's not necessarily a terrible thing. But uh, you know, like I, obviously we don't want to see a 25% drop rate. But uh, that's why I didn't draft them. But if he can, if you know, if it's a fluke, or if, you know, if he he realized that the gloves that he was wearing had uh, you know lithium inside or whatever, then I you know maybe he'll uh, you know he can get over that and and do good things again. And then Marshawn Lloyd out of South Carolina is kind of uh, standing out, not in like a huge way or anything, but uh, it's it's. I think that's more to do with that offense in general and the the terrible QB that they have uh, than anything else. So uh, he's doing good things in a not so good offense, and you know while that might not get him drafted early, 
Uh, he is standing out as a good, you know, quality player. He's doubling everyone else in yards, yards per carry, uh, just about everything, honestly. And uh, it's just what I like to see out of a player. So he's definitely on my radar at the very least. One last thing I want to just say: I mentioned how big this this tier of wide res- or running backs is. There's so many guys that we didn't even get to, like um, Travis Dye at USC. Uh, Eric Gray at Oklahoma. Uh, we didn't get to any of the guys at Georgia uh, in McIntosh and Kendall Milton. Uh, we didn't get to Xavier Valade at Arizona State. Uh, even Izzy Abanaconda, I'll throw his name out there. Anthony Grant at Nebraska. There's so many guys out there who could be a day, uh, early day three or day two pick uh, that you know could potentially help out an offense Lou Nichols central Michigan. We didn't talk about him. There's so many guys out there in this running back class that could, uh, you know, rise up to the top here, depending on how things go in the combine and the draft. So like we, we talked about a lot, but there's so many more. Definitely. Yeah. uh, Lou actually makes me sad because I was pretty high on him last year and I don't know what's going on there. Like he's the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. He looked amazing last year. And then I guess, you know, it's more of a team thing, but it's just, it's not good. I mean, like you're talking about like two yards per carry in college, <laughs> like yeah. not, not what you want to see, but, uh, and then your, your boy, uh, Abanaconda had 31 yards rushing last week. So you hate to see. Uh, really <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've talked uh, enough about these players. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I know that we did and, and, you know, I, I would love to do this again, you know, every, you know, every once in a while, or at least one more time before, mm-hmm. you know, the season, uh, because I think it is a good thought provoking exercise for us at the very least. Um, and you know, we didn't go into this with each other's list or anything we were finding out here, you know, just like you guys were. And it, it was definitely fun to to hear that, you know, Andy likes all of my players apparently. And then, you know, Lucas just basically, you know, goes over whoever, whoever's going to get drafted in the top 12. Of hey, the I'll, take and... I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, the, I'm trusting the NFL scouters are smarter than me. Now they do like Will Levis. So I maybe they're not, but I'm going to trust that they are. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, uh, I don't think we did half of the breaks or reads or anything else that we were supposed to do. So uh, great start to the fantasy points. uh, (laughs) Exactly. Go around here. Uh, But hey, you know, we had fun and we hopefully we gave you guys some good info and got some names on your radar. Uh, Lucas, do we have anything that we need to talk about before we get out of here? So like you said, it's it's right beside I think that's my left or my right, your left. I don't know. I can't do left and right. They don't teach that in Tennessee anymore. Uh, but we are now part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, and that is freaking awesome. This has been a long time coming. Uh, a lot of work's gone into it. I mean, you all are a big part of why we're now going to be uh, posting all of our content. Uh, they're on their website uh, at Fantasy Points. Uh, you can find them all over all the socials you'll be starting our pretty faces there and some of our ugly faces there so it'll be fine it'll be good we're going to have fun with it and uh also we have our favorite sponsor underdog fantasy uh they're doing so many awesome things if your team sucks if your team's 0-4 like half my teams are you don't have to worry about it with them go do daily fantasy you get to draft a new team every week you get to do pick them plays for five dollars you can win thirty dollars with three pickums that you hit and we're getting really close on pickums i think we're two and one on every single one of our pickums so far this year uh through our uh suggestions so 
listen to two thirds of what we say. I think that's a good piece of advice for all fantasy. Listen to two thirds of what you hear and you determine what the other third of things actually are. So it's been awesome. Hey, I'm happy I'm not, you know, hidden behind a screen this week. Uh, it's been awesome talking with y'all. I have seen that I have a lot of work I need to do to catch up to where you all are. Uh, but hey, it's been it's been so much fun. And I love our new night. This is this is awesome. I can't wait for week six of college football. Hopefully another week of Tennessee being undefeated. So what are you all looking forward to going into week six? Go ahead, Andy. I want to watch my boy DJU. I think that's my hottest take right now, and I want to see him flourish and succeed. I'm still trying to buy him in some of my C2C leagues. It's getting a lot more difficult. I got some savvy players, apparently. I think everyone who plays C2C is a little bit savvy. So it's getting tricky, but I really like DJU. I want to see him uh, continue the, to succeed. Yeah, I honestly like I, I hate to talk about the same player over and over again, but I, I want to see if Jaden Daniels is real, and I feel like he he has flashes, and I guess the the question is if if he's healthy because he had some back issues last year or last week, and then I think he also slammed his knee into another player and came out. Nussmeier went in. Um, I don't know. Everything seems like he's going to play, but I just want to find out if he's if he's real or not uh, because. Think about the draft that we just did. We talked about two QBs in the first two and a half rounds, and then we finally threw in a third there at the end. So I I don't know that, uh, you know, we need somebody else to take a step forward. And I feel like it could be Jaden Daniels. I'm just not 100% sold, uh, but I'm probably the most sold. So I, I really want to watch him and just see, you know, if he, if he can be more of what we've seen a couple times, but not the entire season. Yeah, if it's Jay and Daniels, let's wait one more week for uh, him to start playing well. So just <laughs> oh, is that who they're playing? Yeah, I honestly yeah. wasn't even paying one more week, and then he can have uh, an explosive game. So I, I mean, I don't hide it. Uh, I'll definitely be watching Tennessee LSU. A lot of talent uh, on that uh, field. Unfortunately, a lot of it's for LSU, but hopefully Tennessee <laughs> can go in there, and uh, they are a favorite. So very much will have my eyes glued to that, and then Texas Oklahoma an unranked Texas Oklahoma matchup. I think that will be really interesting to see. Uh, This isn't where either of those programs thought they would be uh, heading into week six, but it should be a blow. If you like offense, that will be a fantastic game at the noon slot. So very excited to see it. So many great games. Uh, And then Alabama is going to absolutely wallop. A&M and that's going to be a lot of fun to watch too. <laughs> uh, hopefully Alabama gets their confidence up really high for the Vols play them uh, the week after. Feel, so. I feel bad for Jimbo Fisher. He's just... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not there's no love lost in that uh rivalry either. So g- good luck to him. Yeah. But it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. But guys, it has been an awesome show. Thank you for letting me be a little bit more of it this week than uh, usual. So it has been a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, John, why don't you take us out here? All right. Well, you know, like you said, it was a lot of fun. Uh, great pod. We will be back next week, next Wednesday, uh, assuming there's no hurricanes coming through, although there is another one in the Atlantic, so you never know. Uh, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. We will be back. And I don't know, maybe we'll even show you Lucas's face again. You know, we'll zoom in next time. But uh, we, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we appreciate Fantasy Points for bringing us on. This is a lot, uh, very cool. And uh, hopefully we can grow and we can all grow together and do all that kind of good stuff. But for now, we're cashing out. See you guys.